Hello, you. Yes, you. Let's talk. Hey, how you going? It's been a little while since the last episode that I recorded, but I wanted to get one more ep in before the end of 2022. It's definitely felt a little bit patchy in terms of uh, podcast episodes throughout this year, Um, but yeah, it has been an interesting year. And so, like I've said before, I've kind of just given, cut myself a bit of slack over it. And uh, yeah, but I didn't want to get to the end of the year without just checking in one more time and sharing some thoughts with you. So thanks so much for being here. Um, And as I've also mentioned before, it has just amazed me and been so lovely to see that people just keep on listening to all of the other episodes. Um, I can see a little report of how many downloads there are of the podcast each week, and they just keep on being downloaded even when I'm not recording them. So thank you so much for continuing to listen. Uh, And I'm looking forward to just putting together some more for the year ahead into 2023. I'm actually sitting here at the moment in front of a beautiful river in just amazing bushland. Abdo and I have had a couple uh, or nearly two weeks where we've just taken our van and hit the road and just kind of gone wherever has taken our fancy, which has just been so, so lovely. And it's been things that we didn't expect. We thought that we were just leaving Melbourne, heading towards sunshine, but Within a couple of days, we were like, oh, Mount Kosciuszko is just over there, the tallest mountain in Australia, uh, which is not that tall by the world's standards, but tall by Australian standards. We're like, shall we go there? And so we decided to, to hike to the top of that, which was a bit of an adventure. Ended up going through snow, like fully walking through snow as the same as you would if you were on the mountains in winter which was definitely not what we expected um but yeah a really fun adventure uh, a really good experience and yeah so we're just kind of continuing on our way and just enjoying whatever we come across and yeah today we've just been uh we're camping on a property of a couple who open up their farm to let people camp on it and the guy took us for a little tour down of Nethercote Falls and um, yeah, just beautiful. Oh my gosh, there's just so much beauty all around and it's just such, feels so lovely to get to stop and have a bit of a look. Um, I did want to share with you because we were uh, in the area of, or on Mount Kosciuszko, I have been trying to keep track of kind of the different country that we've been going through. And the country, uh, the traditional owners of the area that we know as Mount Kosciuszko and Kosciuszko National Park uh, are the Narigo people or Garigo people. Um, As I understand it, the amazing, famous tennis player Ash Barty uh, is a Garigo, Garigo woman, excuse me on the pronunciation, I'm not quite sure that I'm getting that right, um, but yeah, and so they are the traditional owners of that land, and apparently, uh, historically, the high country up there in the mountains uh, would be places for gathering, People, they would come together uh, for ceremony and for marriages and for feasting and uh, particularly during the summer months it was the time where the bogong moth would um, 
like basically do its version of hibernation and so uh, it was apparently amazing eating and so they would go and feast on these bogong moths. In language the bogong moth is called jagungul or takungul and uh, for that reason that is considered to be one of the aboriginal names for Mount Kosciuszko. Reading a little bit of the history about the Garrigo people, you can see that uh, really quickly, once colonisers, settlers came in and started running sheep in the area, um, that it says, like from what I've read, like within a few generations, just the vast majority of the population of the Garrigo people was um, decimated through uh, in uh, sicknesses, like disease that came along with European settlers. So it's really sad that that is so often the story, apart from like the, the violence and um, the, the deliberate killing of Aboriginal people, that there's also just that where disease comes in and just wreaks havoc throughout history. So I want to pay respect to the Garrigo people and, um, yeah, just pay respect to their elders, past and present and emerging. So grateful to have been in that beautiful country. I am yet to know the traditional owners of the land that I'm on right now. Uh, we're near Eden, but I will definitely look that up. I don't have any internet connection at the moment, so can't can't look that up here. Um, but I, as, as I said before, in beautiful, beautiful place, and I'm actually sitting outside, so you might hear the sounds of the creek running by. You might hear some of the beautiful birds. Apparently, a wombat comes by here on an of an evening, which it's kind of coming up to the evening now. So I'll let you know if I spot a wombat. So anyway, to get into today's episode, I really just wanted to check in with you as we head towards the end of the year. I'm really conscious that as we get towards Christmas um, and New Year's and just all of the kind of end of year palaver, um, that it's really easy for us just to completely wipe ourselves out. And I think that that can happen because obviously it's a really busy time. It's a time when there's maybe lots of extra social engagements it also feels like a time where work really cranks up like we've got to get all these things done to finish off the year right and sometimes I think that is just um, a bit of a farce really isn't it just like we sort of suddenly have all of these deadlines that are really arbitrary it's like why does it have to get done before the end of the year but it suddenly seems so urgent so we have those kinds of things we also have if we if you celebrate Christmas it's about preparing for that buying presents doing all of that stuff and then um, you know same deal for for New Year's it might be if you have kids like kids finishing school it could be preparing to go on holidays like all the different things and lots of it is amazing like lots of that is beautiful stuff that you might really delight to be involved in but the cumulative effect of it all can be just that we get totally exhausted. And I guess the thing that I want to just bring your attention to, and it's something that I have to bring my own attention to on a regular basis because it's something that I've so easily fall into, but is just not letting yourself get into the mindset of just kind of writing yourself off for the rest of the year, for example. It's so easy to kind of go, you know what? 
I can't do anything about it. This is a really, really hectic time. Work is intense or, the, or I've just got a lot of social things on or I you know, just don't have time to eat well or I just don't have enough time to get the good sleep I need or whatever. And like, I'm just going to go with it. And we kind of write ourselves off for this period of time with the idea that at some point we will get back on track. So maybe in the new year, I'll, then I'll, I'll recover and I'll start to look after myself. And I, as I said, this is a really, um, it's a pattern that I have played out many times in my life and it's really tempting to go down that track, but I just really want to warn you against it or encourage you to consider a different possibility. That's quite a wind blowing there. You might be hearing that on the microphone. Hopefully not. Um, but you know, like the idea of like when you write off a car, like it's where it's just so far gone that it's just not worth even trying to recover it. And when I think about it like that, I just think that's just a really weird way for us to relate to ourselves, that we might consider ourselves, like set up a relationship with ourselves where we see our body or our time, our energy as things that can just be kind of used and abused. Like I'll just push beyond repair and deal with the consequences later. And I think, although I know throughout my life, there have been plenty of times where I have done that, done the old burn the candle at both ends or just kind of keep on pushing. And in some ways, I've really prided myself on the ability to do that over the years. But more and more, I just think it's a really unhealthy and unhelpful way of living, not just in terms of just the toll that it takes on us in that time, but just in terms of the relationship that we are setting up and cultivating with ourselves. Like, what does it say about your self-understanding and like the way that you view yourself if you see yourself as something to be spent, to be completely spent um, without any sense of needing to maintain or restore or recover along the way? Like I said, I used to do it a lot. I'd push myself really hard um, and it would feel like I'd be sort of incurring this massive debt with, within myself that I'd have to pay back at some time. And when I think about my self-understanding in that time, in some ways it was really like I saw my body as a machine. And like I said before, actually had a bit of a sense of, of pride in that. Like I can keep going. I can push hard. I can exist on not that much sleep. When other people are just, you know, tired out, I can get up and just keep going if I have to. People would say that of me, that I was a hard worker or a can-do person. But ultimately, I've had two big burnouts in my life. Two times where it's just been like, okay, nah. Like, I've really pushed too far and where it's actually been a pretty major crash time. And not only do I not want to do that again and really want to encourage you away from doing that because it's really, really not great. The toll that is taken on your body when you really, really burn out um, is just huge. And it's not just on your body. It's on your mind. It's on your relationships. I remember like feeling like I had no creativity for like a year after one of these burnout times and no memory. Like my brain just couldn't remember things anymore in the same way as it used to. 
So not only do I not want to do that and really want to encourage you not to do that because I don't want to have that massive crash, but also because I don't want that kind of relationship with myself. I don't want to have a relationship where I see myself as a machine that just can be pushed and pushed and pushed to the point where it's it's um, you know completely broken. And also because I don't want to be part of a system and a, a society that considers it a normal way of functioning, that we just push and push and push. And as someone who uh, leads a team and in some way has a sphere of influence, like we all do, we all have a sphere of influence, people who care about us, people who look at the way we live. For anyone who might look at what the way that I live, I don't want to model that way of being to anybody. I don't want anyone to think that I think that this is a good way to live and that I would encourage it or, um, yeah, advocate for that for anybody else, even apart from myself. So I think I've shared this before on this podcast, but when I had the opportunity to open the Brunswick studio, which was kind of the third studio that I'd opened, um, I, a huge consideration was, am I going to burn myself out in the process? Because when I'd opened the second studio, which was actually, we were relocating the first studio, we, we closed that one up and moved half a kilometer down the road. And the fit out of that second studio was so full on and it was such a huge time in my life and that was one of those burnout times where I just we got to the point where the studio was open but I just felt spent I felt completely exhausted I felt like my brain was just fried I had, that was the time where I felt like I had no creativity for a good year I remember just being like people would tell me things and my brain was like a sieve I just couldn't remember stuff and yeah, I was just just really, really wiped out at that time. Uh, you might also know that was the time Abdo had an accident uh, in the middle of that, and that was pretty traumatic and, and stressful as well and definitely took its toll also. But I was just pushing, pushing, pushing. Through that time, I was like, I just have to get it done. Like I, I had a timeline, a deadline, and just needed to keep going, and I knew that of myself that I could, and so I did. But it wasn't good for me and I really, really felt that afterwards and I promised myself I wouldn't do that to myself again. So when the opportunity came up to, to open the Brunswick studio, I really thought about it and I was like, you know what, if that's the cost, I'm not willing to do this. And so when I set out to open the Brunswick studio, it was part of the plan that I would feel well throughout the process and at the point that it opened. So it was not going to be considered a success to me if we, I opened the Brunswick studio and I was exhausted, completely wiped out or any of those same uh, consequences that I'd had from opening the, the Pre Preston studio, the previous one. So I went into it just going, you know what, I have a list of tasks, I have deadlines, this project needs to get done. But also, just as important are these, these uh, markers for my own well-being that I was holding up. So it was just as important to me that I eat well and that I feel good, that I still meditated each day, that I still had my movement practices, and that I still felt connected with my loved ones. Those things were just as important 
as that the walls got put up and that the floor got laid and that the painting got done and all of those things. And I think that maybe that could sound like just more pressure, like just more things that you have to do. But it didn't feel like pressure for me. It felt just like healthy priorities. And by being really clear on those things that I wanted to uh, keep as priorities throughout the process, it really enabled me to do it. I think if I hadn't been as clear about it up front, I could easily have just found myself wiping myself out again without even realizing that I was doing it and only kind of knowing uh, when it was too late. Whereas instead, because I had prioritized those things, I was just on high alert to them. If I found that I was just too busy, I felt like oh, I don't have time to meditate today, it'd be like, uh oh, hang on, okay, no, this is going in the direction that I didn't want it to go. And so I'm going to pull back and tweak the the steps along the way so that I can still do the things that I need. So my sense of well-being and my sense that I was taking care of myself became in and of themselves things that I wanted to feel good about, things that I um, could mark off as like, yes, this is successful. So at the end of some days, I might be like, well, okay, I didn't get that door painted, but I am in bed by 9pm. Or I might be like, well, I've got a full day tomorrow. We've got all these things to do and the team coming to help and all of that. But I'm committed to starting my day with meditation and I'm committed to making sure that I have at least three bottles of water or whatever it might be. So just by putting in those things that mattered to me really helped me to avoid getting to at any point, anywhere near burnout. It was just not even playing anywhere near that line. And the things that matter to me and that make me feel well might be different than things that matter for you and that make you feel well. So if this is kind of resonating for you and you're thinking, yeah, I want to make sure that in this time, it might be in this the, the last few days before Christmas or towards the end of the year that you just want to make sure that you are taking care of yourself along the way. Or maybe it's about as you look towards 2023, this is something that you want to build into the way that you live then you can come up with your own list of things that are the things that help you feel well and help you feel like you. So do 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 it. <laughs> like I said before, I think if I hadn't been really clear on having that list myself and actually knew what the things were that were that that I needed to do to feel well, then they possibly wouldn't have happened slash probably wouldn't have happened. So I would encourage you, take the time to write your list. What are the things and the practices that are important for you and you feeling like you in you avoiding going anywhere near that, that zone of writing yourself off or, or burning yourself out? And then once you've got them, you can just work out, okay, well, how do I bring these in to my daily life? And this is not the kind of like, okay, I'm taking a two-week holiday necessarily. That's not a bad idea, but that's not really what I'm talking about here. It's the things that you do amidst the busy times when there is a lot of other 
pressure on you, the things that you do to make sure that that busy time doesn't completely overwhelm you to the point that you're kind of beyond return, that you need to like then go and have a whole big recovery process later. In the Yoga Sutras, there's this teaching of around brahmacharya and brahmacharya is is one of the yamas it's part of like the ethical code like the way of living out a, a life of yoga and in this is the yoga sutras of patanjali and brahmacharya really means like a conscious direction of our energy or conscious use of energy as in a deliberate use of energy. It was traditionally understood as celibacy and around sex particularly. And the idea was that sexual energy uh, should be retained. So rather than spending your sexual energy outwardly, that you would hold onto it, hold it within your body, and it would be used and transmuted for spiritual growth and spiritual development. And so while... I guess these days the understanding of Ramacharya has broadened. It's not so much just understood around sexual energy, although it does still encompass that. You get the idea of rather than just completely spending energy outwardly, it's about deliberately holding onto some energy for our own inner purposes rather than just kind of all of our external connections. In the Sutras, Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, it says about Brahmacharya, by the practice of Brahmacharya, vitality is gained. So that's kind of what it comes down to. When I think about like burnout or writing yourself off, that's kind of where all sense of vitality is gone, where there's just no vitality left within us. And for me, that it's almost like the opposite kind of burnout. And on the other end of the spectrum is like feeling really vital, like really energized, fully alive. And so the sutras teach that actually through the practice of brahmacharya, this holding of energy, not giving it all externally and being deliberate about where we spend our energy, that that is the way to gain vitality. And so I offer you that to... Be mindful of where you're spending your energy. You might even just take a moment, get out a, a journal and just jot down, where is my energy energy being spent? Like if you think of your energy as though it was money and you think that you have a certain supply of it, where are you putting it all? What are you investing it all in? And is that supporting your vitality? And you might also consider, where could I hold some? Where might I not actually go and give it out externally, but instead hold it for my own benefit so that I might gain vitality, whatever that might look like for you. So I'm going to leave it there for you to just to ponder that. I could give you lists of things that you could try or things that you could do, but I think it's something that uh, is probably best for, for each of us to explore. So I hope that it inspires you to do so. I hope that it reminds you that you are worth so much, that you are of such great value, that you are not just something to be written off just because you've got all this energy, that it's, it's not to be used and abused, but that actually you can 
support your vitality and be as you as you can be, which is definitely what we all want, um, by being deliberate and conscious in the way that you use and hold on to your energy. So I'll leave you with that. I'm looking forward to connecting with you in the new year. If you celebrate Christmas, I wish you all the very best for that. And yeah, let's have a wonderful year ahead. Lots of love to you. Bye.